Welcome to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. This bi-weekly podcast is designed to be a safe space to admit what we truly believe in our hearts. We all know the difference between just having biblical knowledge floating around in our heads and actually believing that it's true. Until God's truth makes its way into our hearts, nothing changes. We'll be doing a mix of solo episodes and interviews with friends who have experienced the freedom that comes when head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. We'll talk about overcoming lies in our relationships, mental health struggles, and the way we see ourselves. The truth will set you free so that you can walk every day in the freedom God desires for you. It's time to let go of the pressures, insecurities, and burdens. That's not yours to carry. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham, and today we're bringing of course, your regularly scheduled episode, but it's very, very exciting because I have a very, very exciting guest. And I'm going to say he's my favorite guest. And uh, some of the guests are going to be like, what? What the heck? Boo! Boo! I thought I was your favorite guest. But once I tell you who it is, you will understand. It is Joseph Markham. Go ahead, say hello. Hello. It's Joe. And since Joseph has been on this podcast before... I don't think much of an introduction is necessary, but Joseph, tell them how long we've been married and a fun fact about you. How long we've been married. Um, Let's see. Today is what? July 18th. Got married May 29th of 21. So that makes it one year. So May, June, one month and a half Mm -hmm. one year a month and a half Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then a fun fact oh yeah uh i used to despise animals like i would run away from dogs (laughs) i would um used to scare cats because i didn't like them um i would always love fish but um over the years uh, i think Within the last, like, five years, I've really grown to love dogs and cats. Like, they're so adorable. I find myself, with Jenny at times, just scrolling through on the internet. Mm-hmm. Just looking at animal videos. And I don't know if you've been there. Like, it's like 7 p.m. and actually, you know it's 9. Yeah. Maybe we don't really spend two <laughs> hours. Maybe, like, 10 minutes. Cause well, like, maybe. Maybe. But, yeah. The mm-hmm. best ones are, my two favorites are waddling ducks and waddling penguins. Yeah. Yeah, and then baby pandas falling out of trees sometimes. Pretty funny. <laughs> so. I I spam you with a lot of animal reels on Instagram. Yeah, and then you'll like it, and then my algorithm is just nothing but animals. Yeah, but they don't they really add up because you don't check them like regularly. Mm-hmm. So you'll get like twenty animal videos at a time. Well, I have seven or eight right now. Yeah, but I, I wait know. for them so I can watch it with you. Really. Yeah, that's the whole point. Oh, thanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why do I, I mean, I want to enjoy them with you. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. Yes, of course. Yeah. Okay. Joseph, it's been a dream of mine to do this episode with you for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm very excited for you to share. So why don't you take it away and tell us what have you been set free from? I've been set free from a pornography addiction. I was in that addiction for 13 years. 
So it all began when I was about, I think, 13 years old. Um, yeah, I would say my introduction to pornography was very innocent. I was on the internet and I was excited about a movie coming out and I was trying to access a movie trailer and I googled movie trailers or, or whatever something and there was a website that came up and little did I know I had no education. It said, you know, women or men and so, but I did not read the explicit, you know, for 18, you know, years or adults plus and so thinking that a, a click would would end up to an addiction to pornography at that moment little did I know that it did and I would say the first year was just me unfortunately exploring it exploring that you know just being fascinated by it just having an eagerness to, to go back and um I hit it and I had no idea and I think at you know at 13 years old it really gripped me and Satan took a hold of 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 that stronghold in my life and as my life progressed into well of my teenage years I didn't really tell anybody and I got I got caught once when I was younger and you know I was disciplined for it but the root of it never really went away um and, and I was about 14 when that happened and so I even still in secret you know, looked at it, you know, continue to just be, to be just fascinated by it, not knowing really the destruction of pornography and what it's been doing to my mind and to my heart. And at this, all this time, I was in church and I was with friends that I knew that struggled with this. And the, the sad part was, is that I wanted to look good. So I pretended that I didn't look at it. I pretended not to talk in ways that would bring hints that, you know, I was influenced in, in those ways and I hid the lie and, you know, many people didn't find out. So well into my teenage years, it wasn't up until, it was until about 21, when I was 21 years old, until I realized that I really wanted out of the addiction of pornography. But I really had no idea how to really escape from that or even take the practical steps to, to really flee from that and to be set free from it. So one of the first steps that I, I started pursuing of trying to break free from this addiction is uh, at my college. And I remember uh, a breakout session with the guys, part of the freshman and sophomore year orientation. And I remember that the invitation was that if there's any sin in your life that has been just has been eating you away. I mean, the you know, pornography was something that was very heavily on my heart, quite quite really a big burden as I carried, especially going into to a Christian college. And so for the first time, really, I confessed, you know, my sin into with a group of guys. But, you know, with that confession, like it was good to know that I wasn't alone. However, you know, with these with this group, I mean, I still, you know, did not seek proper mentorship that I that I wanted or I mean that I specifically needed and I just kind of confessed in every once in a while and kind of still let pornography take a stronghold in my life well until my you know into all the rest of my years of college and so many times I would hear so many messages so many men you know and so many different groups that like 
help men overcome pornography addiction. And I was like, I can do this on my own. And I used to remember praying to God and saying, I'll do it one more time. I'll do it one more time. I, this is it. But like, I couldn't do it on my own. And just confessing, you know, one time I slipped each week. You know, I didn't tell them about the other seven or eight or ten. And I, I, I allowed myself to believe a lie that I was doing better by just confessing one time. So it wasn't until my senior year I felt the Lord's hand upon my life. Uh, it was very noticeable that the Lord was really wanting to lead, was wanting to lead me into, um, literally I know the next two years of my life to really seek out the proper way to overcome this addiction to pornography. And I remember that just heaviness, more than just a sense of burden on my heart, but this like, it felt like my chest was physically pounding. Mm -hmm. And I knew that the Holy Spirit was at work at that very moment. And at that very moment, the Lord was telling me to choose me 100%. And that I can't live into the lies and destructions of what had pornography done in my life. And it ruined, you know, multiple relationships that I've, that I've been in. And I remember the very, very first thing that was a step to, to help me break uh, help me been help me step free from pornography is telling the people I loved that I had that I had an addiction to pornography and letting you know people in my church who I trust but people that earnestly prayed for me people that earnestly sought the best in me to build me up into the man of God that they have helped me be helped me to become now those people uh, I believe begin the process of of overcoming pornography and it was the confession, a verbal confession, and and just my heart pouring out to them, and them accepting me, and still loving me, and then wanting me to just take the steps into, you know, the right step to overcome. Immediately, I knew that confession, you know, was was the first step into it, but I really needed to seek mentorship. Mentorship for me, just not as the breaking free from pornography, but really rebuilding the image of God within me, rebuilding knowing how he wants me to live a life that's a purity and a life of integrity and honesty and understanding what sin is and understanding what pornography is. And so I, I sought out, you know, two mentors at different times and these two men have really helped me with um, just accountability and also just encouraged me with, with scripture and prayer and they never ceased to check up on me. And, I, you know, I also gave them access to my internet browsers, you know, things that I knew that would trigger me into maybe escaping to pornography. And so I, I really was open with these men to, to the fact where, at times where I did not want to share. I just remember like one of my mentors said, is there anything else, Joe, that you want to tell me? Like anything else, Joe, you gotta, like what's, remember I had asked me like, What's the repeating thing that you like about pornography or you are addicted to? And I've never really thought that there is a repeating theme that I used to look at. And to be able to like think about that and to be able to share that, I mean, it was very hard. But that moment of recognition of why and recognizing like this is what I what I go back to all the time, you know, really begins to see like the patterns in my life that were destructive. And that moment really kind of turned the tables with just recognizing that 
the enemy wants to come and destroy and think that like your sin that one time after being free being free in a way for a week or a month you know all that time you battled all that time you you drawn close to the lord it, it's not worth it and i remember i i i would was dishonest a couple times with my mentor because i was so shameful and my mentors were so helpful in reminding me like you can tell me anytime and i'm not gonna see you different and that really brought a, a different perspective and just just a sense of true brotherhood uh between me and the mentor i didn't have to be shamed it's been such a blessing, um, especially now that I'm married to my wonderful wife, Jenny. And that one thing that I have experienced is just God's true love as he has between a, a man and wife. And that I could be able to view God's design of marriage. I have no need to go back into temptations or lies of the enemy because I know that Pornography has brought nothing but destruction and so much grief and so much pain, especially as somebody who really wants to honor the Lord and honors the integrity of his design. Yeah, I don't ever fear that I'm going to to have a pornography addiction or look at pornography again, but I do remind myself every once in a while where I was when I did mess up, when I did give into the into the temptation and where all that grief came from because I've sinned against God and now that I sin against, you know, my body and my wife. So I just like, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. And not because I don't want it because I don't want to feel that way. I don't want that because I don't want to dishonor God and I don't want to dishonor my wife and dishonor my body Mm -hmm. because, you know, my body is not my own. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing your story. So let's first define what pornography is. Pornography can mean various definitions from different people. So I'll just give you two. Um, One from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. It says the definition of pornography is the deception of erotic behavior, as in pictures or writing, I would also say videos, intended to cause sexual excitement. In that definition, like, it is I think what they're saying is correct. It does intend to excite. It doesn't intend to signal part of your brain that that you're na- that you're naturally built for sexual desire and sexual pleasure. But this definition makes it seem like it's okay. But in reality, the, you know, pornography is not okay. Mm-hmm. I know that some people would say that their definition of pornography is a little different than that. Mm-hmm. But what is the difference between pornography and soft porn? Are they the same thing? Should it all be considered pornography? I've heard it both ways. Soft porn has the word porn in it. And if it has the word porn in it, then you it's, stay it's away from considered it. <laughs> porn and just, you, you need to stay away from it. Mm-hmm. And really soft porn is really just trying to, to cover up really what porn is with the, the minimum as possible. It's like flirting with the line. Flirting with the line, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't, like, specify that every movie that has a sexual scene in it, it's, it's soft porn. I think soft porn is wants to, again, be as close as possible to porn. Either that's in promoting an image, promoting a video, promoting anything that stands for porn. I joked with Jenny uh, before we recorded 
and we were talking about the issues of soft porn, and um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Super Bowl as of recording two years ago, which was... I think that was with Shakira and J-Lo. Yeah, J- Jennifer Lawrence. Nope, Jennifer no, Lopez. Nope, Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> 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 Jenny from the block. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you watched a halftime show, I mean, I hope you were caught off guard. Or, <laughs> you know, maybe not after... I mean, we were caught off guard. Yeah, we were in a big group of we people. We were with a big group of people. And that was we, fun. <laughs> everybody, were, everybody were Christians in that group, I believe. It was very uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of the things that they were promoting in their dances and their orientations and their clothing. Yeah. Um, very, very um, softcore porn. I mean, Jenny and I are not the only ones that thought that mainstream mm-hmm. news picked that up. Yeah. And the next year, a man... Did the Super Bowl halftime show? You know, show. the next year it was all males. Every dancer was a male. Like it's like they were like, "All right, let's not try to do that again." <laughs> but yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, so, it was also they had a lot of chains involved, and right. so people were like, "They're promoting um, sexual exploitation, mm-hmm. sex trafficking." So yeah. they were like, "Let's steer away from that." Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Joseph, why do you think that the very early attempts to stop looking at pornography? didn't work for you i i think i mentioned it before uh i was not truthful with myself and i was not truthful with the destruction of what pornography really was doing in my life i was living half a lie and half truth and i allowed the enemy to take holds you know partly into that and as much as i tried to reason with myself and reason with god can't reason with God. God gives us the clear a clear way out of pornography. I mean, he doesn't really say pornography in the Bible. He talks about fornication. Mm-hmm. He talks about sexual desires, you know, that includes the selfishness, you know, or lust or etc. Sexual immorality. And sexual immorality. You know, you piece those together and all that really is the foundation of pornography. But I did not take those seriously. And I did not take those to heart. And I did not live those out in a way that was applicable. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the reasons why I kept falling and falling and falling and no mentor and kept falling over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I know that you could say, well, this is just Joe telling his story. So it's just a male's perspective. But men and women can both equally struggle with Mm -hmm. pornography. It's not just one gender over the other. And many statistics would say that it's that number that we thought was so male dominated is actually way more even than we thought in who struggles with pornography. But there is a way for both men and women to be completely free from this. So, Joseph, I might be catching you off guard because I didn't write this question down ahead of time, but I really want to know your opinion. Do you think pornography is every man's struggle? And there really is. There's a book called Every. I think it's called Every Man's Battle or Every Man's Struggle, and it's about pornography. But do you think that's true? That every man deals with the struggle of pornography? Yeah, like this is every man's battle. I don't believe that. I mean, there's statistics out there that, that would state that like 96, 95% of males experience pornography in one way or another. But to it to be an addiction and to be a struggle... I would say not every man. Every man has that. What a blessing for a man to not go through that. 
it's kind of the human condition to right. try to seek something that would fill our mm-hmm. flesh mm-hmm. and that may look different for everyone but yeah. yeah what are some steps you would give people listening who are struggling with that same addiction and want to get out of it so the first one is your confession you know the bible says confess your sin to one another and you will be healed and you may have heard this verse so many times i've heard it so many times and even a confession can just be another quote-unquote confession but your confession starts with the heart your confession Mm -hmm. starts with your posture and how you view God in your life. Mm-hmm. And once I realize that pornography is a bigger issue than me and I can handle that, that Jesus died for me and died for all of the sins for me specifically every time that I have fallen into pornography. And I realize that that confession that I, that I asked the Lord for true confession, like God, I no longer want to live in this one because you son had, had died for me and, you know, paved a way for me to to live a life for you. And two, confession to those that matter, those that love you, strong Christians, you know, mentorship deacons, you know, what, you know, really people that you know that you can trust and that, you know, that will pray for you. And without that true confession, and I know that's kind of can seem overstated sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. did you get a true confession? You know, the true confession is... I really no longer want to live this life anymore. I don't want to live in shame and darkness, and I want to be set free from it. And, Lord, I can't do it on my own, and I need you, and I need the people that you're going to bring to my life to do that. I think in that, it is definitely possible to be honest without being vulnerable. So I think that, you know, a confession that doesn't have your heart in it would probably be like, yeah, I looked at pornography once Mm -hmm. this week. But actually, no action steps are taken after that. Yeah. You only admit it to someone you feel, you know, is in that struggle with you. Which doesn't really work most of the time. No, it doesn't. But if you confess something with vulnerability, you're probably telling someone you really trust who could actually mentor you. You're probably saying, I did this and I want to change. And there's a difference between just being honest mm-hmm. and being vulnerable. Yeah. There's a book I'm, I want to recommend, but I'm going to just kind of read a quote from it and maybe you're like me growing up i have confessed to jesus so many times and i have promised him so many times i've mentioned before that i'm never gonna do this again this is the last time and guess what i do it again Mm -hmm. so this author says confessing your sin to jesus alone isn't that hard is it no it's pretty easy because he knows everything um it's a good thing to do don't get me wrong but does private confession to him alone free you all that much confessing your sin openly to brothers you respect that's different it's like dying it destroys the false self you've been protecting but when you start revealing the sin sick man you really are jesus himself becomes more real you you exhale and relax because you finally belong and porn starts losing its grip Mm. i realize that the the false self of me is saying, I got this. I can do this. Jesus and I are brothers. You know, we, we you know, he, he's my accountability partner. <laughs> but in reality, like the Lord does say, confess your sins to me, but he also says, confess your sins to others. And I asked when I took that seriously, when I took that to heart, 
I begin to to start seeing that mm-hmm. the porn, the pornography started dying to me. Mm-hmm. Second is prayer. Prayer for yourself by praying earnestly and, and for others to pray for you. Mm-hmm. And I believe prayer works. Prayer is very powerful. And having a prayer team that specifically prays over your struggles is very important. And I've had personal testimonies of people I know and of myself where people pray and they pray for me and I was struggling, but I didn't give in. Prayer sometimes is the only thing that you can do. In the moment of struggle or weakness or temptation, you know, I may immediately escape a room, my room or a phone or a computer, but the temptation is still so strong and getting on your knees and praying or praying with somebody, calling somebody, mm-hmm. you know, the Holy Spirit's at work. It's great power. Mm-hmm. And the third part is seeing how God will heal you. At first, I was resistant to this until I started being encouraged by others to really embrace how God sees me. Shame just comes and overtakes me and lies and I believe all these things that that are not true. And I put words in my mind and I put words in my mouth. And I start saying them out loud. And I start beating myself up. And rather than in the process, believing and allowing the Lord to heal me and also just speaking over truth in, into my life, you know, that I am more than a conqueror, you know, that Jesus sees me as a warrior, that I put on the armor of God that these things are going to heal me. Um, prayer is healing and taking all these actions to to really put on the truth of how God, how God has saw me really brought a lot of healing. And mm-hmm. so the confession, prayer, and then taking on, you know, bearing your true image in God. Mm-hmm. Another part of the book is, the quote says this, in this life, your life, my life, your healing won't be perfect. I mean, we are sinful, and like I said, we do fall. And then those failures will not; those failures won't be permanent. And so, in this life, your healing won't be perfect. You'll have setbacks, but with Jesus, even your failures will end up making you more battle-hearted, more determined, and more unstoppable. Walking in His ways, you and other people of integrity will build His world of nobility and so every time that I I fell or every time when I was up against a lie you know I I put on that I put on that truth I Mm -hmm. I believe that truth and Mm -hmm. I will tell you your self-worth is in Christ but you only live up to what you believe it is Mm -hmm. and so if you truly believe that your self-worth is in Christ then I believe it you will overcome the addiction of pornography or someone will overcome the addiction of pornography that you know of. When I believed that, I didn't catch myself falling once a week. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch myself. I tried to catching myself fall once a month. And then next thing I know, I'm, I just stopped. And like, it wasn't like you start seeing mm-hmm. the sin becomes no more. Mm-hmm. You start seeing that the destruction in the strongholds become no more because you know your self-worth in Christ. You know that you overcome you've overcome these things because he has overcome he overcame it for you. Mm-hmm. Whereas and, opposed to where 
if you thought like oh I'm, I'm no good i'm just gonna fall into it again right. like who cares like why did jesus even die mm-hmm. for me i'm not worth yeah. it etc cetera, etc cetera. you're gonna find yourself in yeah, sin again yeah we're believing you can't do it you know you're gonna mm-hmm. find yourself in that repeating thing mm-hmm. believe me i love being organized just as much as the next person but i have found a pattern in my life when i try to use a basic planner it goes like this I'm going strong, writing down what I need to do until Thanksgiving comes around. And then I forget the planner exists until the new year. In January, I'm committed and excited to get organized, but once March hits, I can't even find the thing anymore. Have you ever experienced this? Do you ever feel like you want to get organized but just don't have the time to? Let me tell you about Life in Order. Life in Order is a business that makes 100% customized bullet journals to help set you up to thrive in your goals, business, relationships, and personal growth. My bullet journal has been a game changer for me, and the best part about it was that it was already set up for what I personally needed in my life. Now I can keep track of how much water I drink and how often I'm journaling. I also requested to put a page in there specifically dedicated to honeybees, because who doesn't need more honeybees in their life? You can find Life in Order's products on Etsy.com today to get your own bullet journal set up for your unique lifestyle. You can also use the code JENNY15, that's J-E-N-N-Y-1-5, to get 15% off your personalized journal today. So I highly encourage you, take initiative to order one, and your future self will personally come back to you of today and thank you. Okay, very exciting question ahead. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So let's say there's a couple that wants to date, want to get into a relationship, but one of them is struggling with pornography. Is it okay for them to date? Should they wait? Should they just go for it? What Under what circumstances? All things should be dealt with wisdom. I think as a person who's dealing with pornography... I don't, my my initial answer is no. I mean, you don't need to, like, not date, but there is a strong yes, you shouldn't, if you are not aware of your sin, and if you don't have the proper mentorship and the accountability and the steps that, you know, that we that I shared earlier. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you're just okay with your addiction, yeah. Yeah. you probably shouldn't be dating. And if you're lying and you're shameful that mm-hmm. you're hiding, right? then you should not be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll speak from experience. I, my relationship, you know, I'm married now, but when Jenny and I were dating, it it was still an addiction very early on. But I started realizing that I did not want to carry that into a permanent life with Jenny, you know, into marriage, especially into being engaged. And, And I sought out mentorship and I knew the steps I was working on those steps mm-hmm. and if I didn't and I was stuck in it I, I wouldn't have proposed to Jenny and I only proposed to Jenny is because I knew myself worth in Christ mm-hmm. and I knew the importance of being pure in marriage and bringing myself to not I mean not allowing myself to bring pornography into the marriage mm-hmm. Okay, what about the people who are friends with a porn addict? How are they able to 
support their friend and their recovery and everything that goes with it. Well, I hope the person's open mm-hmm. <laughs> and wanting to have accountability, if that's the, if that's what we're going to go off of. I would say take every opportunity to take the person out, to ask good questions, to be open. And if you're really a good friend, you know, be the accountability partner that the person needs. Mm-hmm. If you have experience in mentoring or if the person wants to be mentored, you know, offer that, you know, as, as if you want to do that. Yeah, never giving up on the person too. And, you know, it could seem like sometimes that this person keeps hitting walls, but just remember the Lord doesn't give up on you when you sin. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you give up on the person who is stuck in the sin, especially if they want to break free from it. Mm-hmm. And so um, giving them a call, visiting them, a lot of things that, you know, I think practical ways that you can bring that person out of a moment, out of a moment that could be leading them to, to sin. Mm-hmm. And asking the person too, like, what, what, what do you need help with? What are you struggling with? And even those practical questions doesn't need to be a mentor to do that. So, mm-hmm. But you would say that it's not exactly going to be helpful if two people who are struggling with pornography are trying to be accountability partners for the other that wouldn't work no never works (laughs) maybe i'm a little harsh on that it is it is good because you do confess your sin but you really need somebody who is wiser Mm -hmm. and like i hear people say you need to be older you know doesn't necessarily have to be older yeah i would just say somebody who's not in that you know, maybe better yet, somebody who was in it and no longer in it. Yeah, that would be ideal. <laughs> yeah, and he could be a year older than you, mm-hmm. you know, or even a year younger than you. Yeah. You know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. But don't seize opportunities to seek that mentorship or discipleship from somebody who is no longer is, is in, that, in that sin. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I wanted to take a moment to specify, just in your opinion, what is the difference between pornography and real life intimacy because we can be tricked into thinking that it's similar or it's the same thing because it's a counterfeit like if someone has had an addiction in the past how should they start changing their mindset now to prepare for a real relationship real intimacy in the future true intimacy is not shameful true intimacy you don't have to hide you know, true intimacy is serving and giving one to one another, honoring one another, loving one another, and exploring the intimate parts of the relationship that's designed by God through purity, being pure, being holy with one another. And pornography is not intimate. Pornography is all about selfishness and taking. It totally opposes what God's image is. And and I will tell you, like, from studying, you know, what the pornography industry is, even af- after my addiction and seeing what it really is, so many, so many things tie to sex trafficking, so mm-hmm. many things tie to manipulation. All those things I just described are not in God's character and image. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what I said about true intimacy is in God's character and image. Mm-hmm. Yep, I would also say 
pornography is this quick adrenaline rush where intimacy is not that whatsoever. It's like a real relationship Mm -hmm. (laughs) with real work involved. But also I think that it can be very easy for, let's say someone has a past of a pornography addiction and then is it going to go into a marriage it might be easy to think that you have an adequate sex ed but those are two completely different things pornography is very much fake very much staged and not an adequate sex ed also uh, i like to know that pornography you never long for a person there's no personal connection i mean you could say that you go back to the specific thing or the specific person in pornography, but you don't know that person and you're using and abusing them. And yeah, so there's nothing in pornography and there's nothing to justify that you have a personal intimate relationship or feeling because within five minutes, you know, you're done and there's nothing of development. And pornography is demanding and belittling. Mm -hmm. So as we wrap up, Are there any resources that you would recommend anyone out there who's struggling that would just help them a lot? Well, I'll start with internet. The internet obviously is rampant in our world and more and more opportunities for people to explore pornography is new every day. And so one way that it's most easy in access is having accountability software on your phones, computers, And so looking into Covenant Eyes, and I will say, do not be discouraged by the price of the subscription service. Mm -hmm. I believe that I could save myself $15 a month, and I got this. Would you rather save $15, or would you rather just give your life away and to a life of pain and grief and you know, believing in yeah, that's a small price to pay. It's a small price. It's a it's a small price to pay, mm-hmm. and it's worth it. And it has helped me. Mm-hmm. So, Covenant Eyes. There's also there's also another one called Accountable to You. You know, go on your phone apps, app stores. You, you can type in pornography blockers or something like that. But the best resources, as I mentioned before, is it's not going to be the it's not going to be the internet uh, uh, blockers, but it's going to be about the person of accountability and and the discipleship mentor. Another thing too is the book I mentioned before. The quotes I read. The book I'm currently reading. It's called "The Death of Porn: Men of Integrity Building a World of Nobility" by Ray Ortlund. 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 <laughs> it's a very good book. Uh, it 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 does it does adhere to men specifically, but. I think it's just it's okay if you flip flip the uh, the switch to mm-hmm. to see it from a woman's perspective. Mm-hmm. Just flip the gender to male or female, depending on who you are. It is not just how to escape the escape porn and break free. It's about building character that's noble and honorable to those around you and to the women God created and the men God created. Mm-hmm. Those are my resources mm-hmm. and get plugged into your local church groups mm-hmm. and accountability groups and even start one on your own. Yeah. If you don't have anybody, go go find somebody. Yeah. Thank you for sharing, Joseph. If anyone out there 
knows of someone, you're supporting someone who has a pornography addiction, or it's you yourself, we just want to reiterate over and over again that there is hope for you. You really can break free. I feel like in that time where we were dating and you were like trying to break free from this, I feel like there was some question that you asked yourself that like really helped you. I think it was like, do you actually believe that you're going to be free from this? Oh, yeah. I struggled with growing up. I mean, not growing up. My teenage years is I'm never going to be free from pornography. And Jenny asked me that question one time. Oh, it was me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was you. Yeah. Um, Because I told you. Mm -hmm. I wanted you to be aware of that. And you said, do you really believe it? Well, yeah, you looked at me and you were like, well... I guess so. And I Again, was like, it sounds like you don't really you know, believe like it. I mentioned earlier is you only live up to what how you see your self-worth as. Mm-hmm. Until I believed that I can overcome, that I have overcome by the mm-hmm. grace of God, that healing process begins. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you need to start. You could say that's 2.1 before you get to 3. <laughs> Prayer. Yes. Yeah. Then I I will overcome this. I will be free. Yeah. Let the healing rain, baby. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yes. So we want to reiterate there is hope for you. And if you want to send this episode to anyone you know who is struggling, please go ahead and do that. And if this helped you in any way, shape, or form, please send us a DM Mm -hmm. or... Give us a five-star rating, either one, really. And we just hope that this instilled hope in you that when freedom happens to one person, it is contagious and other people can break free, too. So we encourage that for all of you listeners. And we hope you join in again two weeks from now for our next upcoming episode. So see you around. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Head to Heart Podcast. It's a joy to record them and a joy to have you listen. If you have any topics in mind you'd like us to cover, go ahead and send us a message on Instagram. The handle is head to heart underscore podcast. Make sure you subscribe as a way of making sure you never miss an episode. And if you would be so kind, go ahead and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps out the show so much when you do. We'll be releasing episodes to you every other Friday. So stay tuned and thanks for joining us.